uh, emotionally uh, turned around and, and expecting the flood of Chinese tourists yeah. to save us. Um, but, you know, by and large, we Thailand got through, and most of Southeast Asia got through COVID uh, better shape than uh, you would think. And um, okay, well that's good. Well, I hope to come. I hope to get back. Um, I'm uh, uh, going to be in uh, uh, China uh, May fifth to May twenty fifth, May fourth to May twenty fifth. So I'm really, really, really excited. I fucked up on the visa. I didn't really, I didn't understand the procedure. Spent eighty yuan, eighty euros round trip, going by train to uh, Paris. She told me how to do it properly at the visa center. So you have to have your plane ticket. You have to have your telephone. You have to have your hotel reservation. I got a, a room for like twelve dollars a night on a Chinese Airbnb, the equivalent of a Chinese Airbnb. $12 a night for the room. I got I got my ticket with everything modifiable, changeable, everything for only 833 euros round trip to Hong Kong. Wow. What yeah. what air what airline? I started well, I always go through Air France, but it's with KLM. Mm, that's good. And good. which 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 is a partner. Mm. And um and then um so I can extend it if I need to. I'm going to try to get my company kicked back, you know, get get started back up, mm -hmm. uh, Professor Brown, and so I can get a business visa and go back as often as I want. Uh, and uh, and you also have to have travel insurance, so that cost me 90 bucks. And then you have to have proof of income for a tourist visa, so I had to print out my three months of my bank statements. So I didn't I didn't understand any of that and. Um, so anyway, it was a fun, you know, it was a wasted trip <laughs> to Paris, but I saw lots of Chinese. So uh, they're they're already they're already they love Paris, you know, they love the the Chinese love France. Yeah, yeah. And and, and uh, so it was just it was just packed with. Um, so if you when you go get your visa for China and China, of course you have a consulate, so it makes it very easy. But don't waste your time. Already have your ticket here. <laughs> Your travel insurance, your proof of income, um, and hotel, uh, because otherwise, you, you know, you may, it may and it may be different in Chiang Mai, but that's what happened to me with Paris. So I'm it's, going back. I'm going back Tuesday. They've uh, clearly raised the bar considerably. Yeah, yeah it's expensive too. It's going to cost me just a regular visa, and I'm at. For, I'm asking for a multiple entry, twelve month visa. I'm going to show my uh, my business license and all my my checkbook and my debit cards and and you know Chinese debit cards and my uh, um, you know we have a safety deposit box there and you know so I mean I can't be spending eighty euro eighty euros you know for a round trip you know a round trip you know because they make you come in to submit the you can't you can't <laughs> mail the you can't mail the fucking uh, passport. <laughs> So ah, uh, I see a change of attitude here. Yeah, yeah. So foreigners are not quite as thoroughly yeah. welcome. Yeah, and so um, anyway, I so I'm scheduled to go back on the 28th, and so hopefully, it's. I mean, I already bought the tickets, so at least they'll know I'm serious. And and um, so anyway, that's where that's where I'm at, and 
and uh, so Florence is happy. I'm going to go back and get all her five generations of family jewelry. And um, so we'll we'll see what we'll see we'll see how it works out. And then maybe I'm, I I might even try to take a quick trip up to Beijing, see some friends up there. And then Amir Khan, a member of the um, China Writers Group, he's a professor at Wuhan University. So I might go t- go see him too. Just and also there's a. There's Robert Van Rocks in Zhuhai, mm. which is just mm. you know, that's that's a that's a hovercraft that's a hovercraft uh, you know, trip across uh, the Pearl River Delta. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see if he wants to if he wants to get together for uh, uh, some for a beer and a good Chinese meal. So mm. Uh, mm. I'm thinking of going up flying up to Vientiane, which is like a thirty dollar trip from here yeah, from Chiang yeah. Mai. Then getting on the train, oh, going yeah, up to right, Kunming, to yeah, yeah, overnighting, yeah, yeah. and then getting on the high speed and running, going up to Shanghai. How cool! That would be that would be a fun way to do it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that would be very, very much in in, in harmony with the um, with the uh, with the you know the the BRI and everything. Yeah, else. So yeah. I tried it, to get a flight. Go ahead. That that line, the new line from Vientiane to Kunming has been a staggering success. Yeah, That's one yeah. of the, the things I wanted to say about Southeast Asia, uh, is it's coming alive because it sees that. You know, it's like, wow. Yeah. People are like coming out of the woodwork, freight is moving. Like Nobody yeah. actually believed it would be like this. Yeah. And it, has the spur down, has the spur down into Thailand been connected yet? No, uh, they promised and uh, when she was here, he got uh, uh, the prime minister to, to re-promise to finish it by 2026, I think. Oh, 2026, uh, but okay. Thailand is like a lot of places. They have difficulty finishing things, you know. Yeah. Are they, are they, are they working on the spur over to Chiang Mai at Not all? Not yet. No, they okay. just want to do this straight up the down, line, down to Bang, now, now Down to Bangkok. Yeah, but I'm sure the, the the Chiang Mai crowd are, are working hard on getting that legislation. Oh, well, I've, I've I've seen the uh, I've seen the spur on the map. That they're mm. going to they're going to put a spur there to connect uh, Chiang Mai to the to the to the main trunk line. So uh, well, it's the number two city in in China. So it, I'm sure a lot of people would 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 ride it. Oh God, be filled. Yeah. 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 Well, we hope to come. We hope to come back soon. It's uh, we we really uh, we really miss Chiang Mai and and uh, miss you guys and and uh, so uh, well, hopefully we'll get back after after I digest this. Uh, and I'm telling you, man, I, I uh, there's a huge uh, Peace Corps reunion. There's a huge Peace Corps reunion and um, from for 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 Tunisia for all the Peace Corps volunteers for Tunisia. From the very beginning, and uh, outside of Portland, Oregon, and I thought, oh well, I'm not going to be able to afford to go because um, I'm, you know, I'm digesting this 800 euro ticket, and although I got the, my room for 12 dollars a night, uh, but still, you know, it's uh, going to be a thousand euros for sure for to do the whole thing, and uh, and I thought, well, I'm just going to see what 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 I could do to fly to Portland, Oregon, and I got on with Air France. <laughs> And I saw if, if you've got some flexibility with the dates, of course, you can't, you know, you have to be able to go two or three days before and two or three days after to find the best one. 
uh, without adding the baggage and without adding the um, you know all the all all the bells and whistles, I saw I, I saw tickets for like two hundred and eighty five eighty five euros one way. So I, I can probably get to Portland, Oregon for less than for five hundred euros to go see to go to my reunion. So there's some really good deals out there right now. I think they're trying to. <clears throat> but then the yeah. next day, if like if I went on Mar- you know June nineteenth. It's two hundred and thirty-five, but then the next day it's eight hundred. So I, I don't mm. understand. I don't understand their pricing matrix at all. But uh, but but obviously their artificial intelligence has got it all figured out. <laughs> yes, it's it's figuring out a lot lot of things these days. Yeah, yeah. So uh, well, shall we get started, sir? I may even include this pre- pro- prologue in the in the show. This was a great conversation already. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. One, two, three, four, five. Good morning, everybody. This is Jeff J. Brown, China Rising, Radio Sinoland on the D-Day beaches of Normandy. And my show's most popular guest, Godfrey Roberts, is on the sh- is on today. How are you doing, Godfrey? Very well, thank you, Jeff. We, uh, Godfrey and I go go back years. Um, he has been on my show more than any. This will probably be the 10th or 11th show, maybe even the 12th show. I'd have to go back and count. And for all the fans out there, we we became good friends. Uh, even We were good friends before uh, my wife and I moved to Chiang Mai in 2019, right before the COVID lockdown. Mm-hmm. And Godfrey was nice enough to get us settled into Chiang Mai, where he lives. And unfortunately, we went to France in the summer of 2020 and could never go back. So we're retired here now, and uh, which is fine. You know, the cheese is good, the wine is good, the bread is good, <laughs> and it's beautiful, Normandy, impressionist art. So, uh, but anyway, we are going to get now that the now that the um, the floodgates so to speak for tourism have opened up uh we really look forward to going back and having some good thai food uh, with um with uh uh godfrey we've got two other friends who are members of the uh, china writers group that are there uh eric arno and uh richard um i'm having a brain burp richard uh oh anyway it's he hasn't been he hasn't he hasn't commented in quite a while but anyway, Godfrey, you look healthy and happy. I feel it. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thriving yeah. here. Beautiful Chiang Mai. Well, the last time we had our show, and it's been too long, but the last time I just pro offered. You know, Godfrey has his um, "Here Comes China" newsletter, which is wonderful, uh, and I will put that in there. He has his new book, uh, the the updated book. The, uh, the China leads the world. Yeah, China re- le- re- leads the world. He's updated it from 2020. He now has the 2023 edition. And so, uh, and so anyway, the last, and I'll put the link on that also. The last time I just said, since he and I are both old China hands, I said, you know, Godfrey, looking in your crystal ball, what are five things about China that most Westerners don't know about and and need to know about. So what's the first one, uh, Godfrey? I think the first one is the 
how heavily China is enmeshed in the world, how broadly and how deeply mm-hmm. we we hear about the Belt and Road occasionally, but that's about it. But that's one of a dozen equally enormous, very powerful uh, networks. For example, one physical network that fascinates me is called the um, Global Energy Interchange, GIE. It uses renewable energy and moves electricity around the globe with the sun from one country to the next. Now, that's a nice idea, you'd think, but already they've spent 15 trillion with a T on this thing. And it's it's already starting to kick in in big time, shuttling uh, hydropower from Russia to Japan, uh, Japan nuclear energy to South Korea. Uh, Russia is connected to Iran at one end of the network and to China at the other. And, and it, you know, Africa is being hooked up. It's a very, it's an enormous project. And China, the, the founder and director is the founder, of course, of the director of State Grid. Mm-hmm. The largest u- the largest utility in the world, the electric grid in, yeah. uh, in China, yeah. I used to be yeah. their customer. We were their customer for years. <laughs> yes. And they provide great service. It is cheap. <laughs> yes. So it's and called the, the global. Way, just the, go, it's called global the global energy, energy initiative. Energy. Yeah. Fifteen trillion U.S. or fifteen trillion Jimmy? U.S. Wow. U.S. Wow, that's incredible. It's big bucks. Huh. It's come from. It's come from a lot of consolidations and buy-ins, and but the capital value that they put together for is already fifteen trillion, and they've got. It. But when it's done, man, wow. it's automatic. Put the damn thing on automatic. Maybe that's one of the reasons Saudi Arabia is is uh, deciding mm. to uh, look 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 east uh, and mm. to and and has come come has has come to peaceful uh, <coughs> reconciliation with Iran to extend that electric grid uh, into Saudi mm. Arabia because I know they're doing everything they can to try to wean themselves off of oil. For their energy because they know you know one day they will run out and so they they're looking for solar and and other other ways nuclear and other ways to uh to uh have adequate energy <laughs> into the 21st century well, we'll look into that i i did not know that one i'm i'm really glad to hear about that as uh, has in, have any of the countries in what about india what about southeast asia are they are they getting into it or the dprk or Southeast Asia is already Southeast Asia is already totally into it. They're doing it and connecting it, and it's quite a lively scene here. And and it's everyone's kind of accepting it because the railway sort of okay as long as we're connecting with the railway, we may as well connect our grids, you know. And as long as you've got a dam that produces more electricity than you need, you know, it saves us building a coal plant. Yeah, and then also just like back in the old days, <laughs> when the United States was stretching railroads from the East Coast uh, to uh, the West Coast of the United States, of course, fifteen to eighteen million Native Americans paid the price. But 
Yes. yes. As, 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 long, as long as they were running that, that rail line all the way out to St. Louis and then to Denver and then to San Francisco, they, it was, they were able to run the telegraph lines right, right alongside the, the rail lines. And I'm sure as long as they're clearing space for the rail line, to come from Kunming in China down to Bangkok, they'll probably be able to run a high-speed, you know, a, a, a high-tension, high-tension lines, uh, you mm. know, along, along the rail line. Yep. So, uh, all right. Well, that was that's really interesting. What about anybody in anybody in Europe taking take, taking a bite at it? Or are they being uh, suppressed, uh, vastly suppressed by uh, by Uncle Slaughter? They're being suppressed, of course, but uh, I mean, that was the whole point of the pipeline attacks to, yeah. to decouple them. I, it, it's a it's an interesting gamble. I don't think America is going to be able to pull it off. I think they're going to lose Europe. I heard a rumor the other day that 500 billionaires from China, um, the ones that's the ones who are members of the Communist Party are been circulating around Europe, you know, sponsoring everything and endowing colleges and saying to the old money in Europe, listen, you're going to get a much better deal from us yeah. than you will from Uncle Sam, you know, because yeah. those are the people, if anyone can save Europe, it's them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just heard, read the, the absurd article. <laughs> where the U.S. is just beating Germany, just beating Germany to a pulp to remove 80,000 Huawei 5G telephone towers, 80,000, and replace them with more expensive, inferior Nokia, <laughs> Nokia towers or Ericsson towers and it's going to cost three billion to remove the eighty thousand towers that are bigger, better, faster, and cheaper, and then spend another five billion to replace the eighty thousand Huawei towers that are that are superior. This <laughs> is like poor Europe. They they've got to pull their they they they've got to they've got to purge their halls of power of all these. Uh, these fifth columnists that the United States has just, you know, infected the the woodwork, the European woodwork, uh, in the halls of power here with all the with all these Washington Washington, you know, sympathizers. Because otherwise, living here, I can tell you, it's not it's it's it, it, it's just it's just going to keep getting worse and worse. So, um, point number two, Godfrey, take it away. Number two is um, computing which we're told, uh, you know, China is inferior in, uh, particularly thanks to the embargoes. Um, but uh, I think that's misleading. Um, the Chinese, you know, manufacture more chips than anybody on Earth anyway, already. Half of the uh, foundries in the world, the new foundries are in China more than 50%. One of them is a, an optonics foundry, the first commercial industrial optonics foundry that builds, instead of using moving electrons, uses light. Um, isn't, Huawei, isn't, isn't Huawei involved in that? 
Not as far as I know. Okay, I saw they, an article they that they, they were in, they were into optical chips that they were. Oh, I'm sure they are. I mean, they're into this is high tech, but this is a foundry. This is okay. This is like a TSMC building. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's all it does. It doesn't have. In fact, it's a hundred percent Chinese IP, so no patent problems, no embargoes. Yeah. It's much cooler. It's cooler, uses less power, and runs quicker. So. You know, we can already see that when she announced publicly in 2015 that chips, computer chips, would, would be a bottleneck, you can bet your bottom dollar that they'd been working on that for years before he made that announcement. Yeah. That wasn't, it's not like America, you know whether he'd get up and make a grand announcement and then years later some funding comes through and something else. No, he, they were already on top of it. So we're starting to see that pay off now. Um, another example, you remember when China took the lead in, in uh, supercomputers? Oh, yeah, had of course. The fastest? Yeah. I've written well, about remember that. What happened, that was an immediate embargo on high-speed Intel chips to stop that. So anyway, a few years went by and China uh, produced the fastest computer in the world, only built entirely with Chinese chips and everything. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I reported on it. Yeah. So this latest, you know, throttling the embargoes um, coincide with point to a problem that China, uh, America has created for itself with the, these embargoes. China immediately went dark on supercomputing. That's the, the last we ever heard of them was that time that that... When, the, when they broke the world record. Yeah, with, with the, 100%. With the, yeah, the Tian Hu, the Tian Hu supercomputer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, here's the update and here's the consequence. China just installed its fourth exascale computer, complete with software. It's building six more, one for each of 10 computing centers. All of them join with lightning fast connections. So they'll function as one gigantic, centrally controllable supercomputer, 10 times bigger than anything America has ever had. But they're not going to talk about it yeah. because, you know, we'll just try to mess with it. So yeah. we're losing, we're falling behind and not knowing it. Yeah. I mean, you've seen the signs that 5G, you know, is yeah. way ahead. There's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Germany, Germany, of course, Germany is not as big as China. But, uh, but I, in fact, I was surprised that Germany actually had 80,000 5G towers. Hmm. But, um, uh, but, you know, um, I can't remember the, how many hundreds of thousands of 5G towers uh, China has, but I think every... It has every, 2 million. Every, yeah, 2 million. And every, 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 virtually every provincial, uh, every, every, every county, every county and in, in, in at least the, 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 the county township, they all have 5G across the entire country, including Xinjiang and Tibet and... Mm -hmm. And uh, and Qinghai and and uh, uh, Ningxia and Inner Mongolia, these uh, un unpopulated areas, they all have 5G, and we don't here in France. You know, it's uh, 5G is is just almost unheard of here. Uh, we just got we just got fiber. 
we we just got fiber. You know? <laughs> 2023. Woo! We finally got fiber. Wow. And there are and and there are still there are still provincial cities in China, in France that still don't have that still don't have fiber. They're still using ADSL, fax, you know, phone, copper wire phone lines like fax lines in the 1980s for their internet. And we know because for two years we lived with it. You know, when we first got here, you know, it took me. It took, I, I I would upload a, a show like ours. I'd go to bed. I would I would go to bed at ten o'clock, oh. start uploading it, and pray, pray that it had, that it, that it had uploaded by the time I woke up in the morning, and that was in <laughs> that was in that was in France, up until just, up, up until just a few months ago. Mm. So um, and five G, forget it. Don't, don't don't even know about it here. So uh, that's that's very interesting, isn't it? it it's kind of. They're all these little data points, you know, all suggest one thing, it's drifting away, for, you know, losing touch, for not caring. Mm-hmm. For the people, going, not caring for the people. Yeah, just going nowhere, really. Care, 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 caring for the 1%, but not, but not the 99%. So uh, mm-hmm. profit, profit over people, that's, that's the difference. And of course, in China, it's people over profit. So... Uh, of course, people go, oh, that's not true. Oh, 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 yeah. they're just yeah. as evil. They're just as bad. Yeah. No, they're yeah. not. I'm sorry. They're not. It's different. Yep. So um, I wonder if those 10, I wonder if those 10 supercomputer centers, uh, I don't know if the, the technology is has advanced enough, but of course, China is way, way, way ahead of everybody and, and Europe and, and, the, and, and, and the United States on quantum, on quantum uh, communication using quantum satellites and 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 uh, and quantum lines. Do you know if those supercomputers are going to be quantum hooked up, or is it just is it going to be uh, good old fashioned uh, good old fashioned? For those computers, they probably need a fiber a fiber cable <laughs> about, about thirty or forty centimeters in diameter. No, I think they're going to be. Kept separate. It, it looks like quantum computers have, at the moment, a rather limited application. Yeah. And, but the communications, get, you know, they've got the best security in the world. Speaking yeah. of which, that's another thing that people don't know, is the um, density and sophistication of China's military presence in the West Pacific. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It's unbelievable. There's barely a, a cubic meter of ocean that isn't monitored, sometimes from two or three different angles. It's there. Uh, it begins with far out satellites way, way back. Then the near Earth satellite has its job to do. Then they have these winglung, the big uh, drones that stay up for a month at a time. They have a 60,000 foot, you know, thing that they relay information and they use onboard artificial intelligence in their satellites. Uh, They have fishing boats towing sonars. They have submarine uh, sonar arrays anchored to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, it It just goes on and on and on. They could pick out 
anything anywhere. And they say, by the way, they actually say that. We can, we can, anything that moves in the West Pacific, we know about it. So it's a, a, an awesome defensive thing to encounter. As a military commander, imagine facing that and realizing that they had nine different ways of locating you and five different ways of using that to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with all the all the missile technology and high yeah. high hy- hypergliders and yeah aircraft carrier killers. Well, what a lot a lot of people don't know is is that China has the biggest deep water navy in the world, yeah. and they ha- and they haven't even launched their third <laughs> their third aircraft carrier group, which is supposed to be launched in June. And that's it's going to it's called the um, uh, I think I think it, instead of his majesty, her majesty's whatever uh, HMS, I think it's CMD or something for the for or CMS. The Fujian, the Fujian uh, is, is going Fujian. to be the, is going to be launched. Okay. It's going to be it's I think it's going to be uh, nuclear powered uh, and it's another massive aircraft carrier group. And of course, what's great about for China is they don't have they only have to go out a, a little they all they have to do is just go to Japan and surround Taiwan and they're 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 like they're like they're like a like an arm like an armored castle whereas Ch- the United States has to ferry good you know material from Los Angeles and Seattle ports which are barely functioning and broken down and uh, you know, China doesn't have to go to Hawaii or the Catalina Islands off the coast of Los Angeles, you know, to 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 to, to make its point. It just has to defend its its own territory. And and um, anyway, yeah, it's just and also the Coast Guard. They have a massive Coast Guard. Oh yeah, yeah. And they have a, a massive uh, a commercial commercial of uh, like you said, fishing, fishing and transport for regional and. Uh, from, from you know, from coast to coast, you know, from like from Fujian down to Xiamen, they've got tens of thousands of these boats in the south in, in the South China Sea, and they are all expected to be a, to be ready to fight to defend the country if war is declared. So the United States would have to, and France and England for whatever they're worth. <laughs> In that part of the world, and Australia, oh mighty Australia! <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> they, they 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 will have the world's largest mil the largest mil well the largest military in, in East Asia, the world's largest navy, the world's largest you know commercial fleet ready to practice war with the People's Liberation Army, and one of the largest coast guards in the world. That is also trained to participate and coordinate with the People's Liberation Army. I mean, can you, can, you know, I, I, I don't want war to happen, but I think it would be it would be almost kind of like fun to watch to see the United States and Japan, uh, yeah, and poor and poor and poor South Korea, poor South, which it has no no desire to be involved. Uh, just get absolutely pummeled. It would, but but the scary thing, of course, Godfrey is they might use go nuclear to 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 save the day. What do you think? I think if they went nuclear, I think the results would be very much like the ones we see with COVID. The same ratio. 
China would suffer 1% of the casualties for the same reasons we saw with um, COVID. That was a civil defense drill. The, the Chinese government knew that COVID-19 wasn't a particularly lethal uh, virus. Um, you know, for healthy people, it's not a problem. Um, but they needed a civil defense drill. They needed to make a statement about who's going to survive and they're going to survive. You can see that. They yeah. know they've got their shit together and, and nobody else does. And they also have the world's best, uh, after Russia, uh, including Russia's S-400 systems, mm -hmm. they have superb anti-missile stuff. And not like two or three, but hundreds of thousands of them, you know, like yeah. massive amounts. Yeah. So they'll be fine. America has no defense, no missile defense, whatever, and um, no civil uh, cohesion. I don't even know if the U.S. generals and, and, uh, and Joe Biden know that since 1961, um, China and North Korea have, have a mutual defense treaty, and they just renewed it, not re agreed to continue it, I, th I think maybe a year or two ago, so that if the United States does get into a physical war with China, they will automatically be in a physical war with North Korea, and nobody wants to, to, <laughs> to mess with the North Koreans. I mean, can you imagine 1.2 million North Korean soldiers Pouring across, the pouring across the 38th parallel, <laughs> I mean, into South Korea. I mean, it would just, it, and th that and the United States is trying to uh, attack China. I mean, my God. And, and, and the DPRK has thermo thermonuclear, multi-headed, intercontinental ballistic missiles that can take out the east coast of the United States. Yeah. Ah, oh, these people, it's just unbelievable. It is. That's what. That's the tough bit we all are puzzling about. How can they talk like this? Even what you know? What's the percentage? Where Where are we going with it? You yeah, know, you yeah. Nuclear war? Yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. 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 It's frightening. It's frightening. Unfortunately, I think that's what they. You know, the 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 old expression. You know, the old poker expression. You know, double down. <laughs> well, I lost that yeah. round. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down on this round. Yeah. And so, and so they, they're, they're getting their, they're getting their butts waxed in Ukraine. They're running out of arms, but yet in their, in their absolute megalomania, <laughs> and their narcissism. You know, they're now. I really feel like they're gonna try to, to do the same thing. You know, with China, and it's just like. God, God help us. God help us. Mm. God, it's just unbelievable. Mm. All right, next point. Uh, <laughs> uh, next point is, is way at the other end of the spectrum, and that is the village program that's ongoing right now. The, um, the, the energy that went into uh, anti-poverty and springing people loose from poverty has been continued, of course, and in fact is getting more resourced. And it's, it is to create village clusters, intra-village specialities, um, arrange communications and, and uh, you know, deliveries and pickups and so forth. You know, it's another reason the Chinese are way ahead of us on drones. 
is is this part of this campaign is to help remote farmers get their fresh duck eggs to a Shanghai gourmet restaurant overnight uh, for twice the price that they were getting a month ago. In, that's that in essence is the whole program done for a hundred thousand villages with great energy, with you know digital currency available to them direct from the central bank to them. Just you know, put your card in, you get your uh, sprayer or your tractor. You know, will finance that. It, making bringing this really to life so that they can see each other, they can share weather information from the satellite, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff. It's very intense and it's huge and it's invisible for obvious reasons. It's very down home. It's There's nothing to see really. And of course, <coughs> Godfrey and I both know that in 2013, I think it was, uh, Xi Jinping, the new president announced um, the 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 lofty goal of eliminating extreme poverty across the entire country. There, there were and and, and Florence and I, you know, we saw this when we, we were driving we were driving around and traveling around China. We we would see these villages that were, let's face it, they were extremely impoverished. I mean, just you know, hovels and shacks and. And and I remember we were in Yunnan and and we were right on the on the on the border with uh, with uh, with Vietnam and we would see these villages there and we'd go I go that's one of the villages they're going to fix and um, and they did the goal was by 2020 to do it they did it uh, they did it you, you don't do it for free they spent 115 billion US equivalent wow. in, in RMB to help 90 it was what well, well, I can't remember 80 or 90 million people in the most extreme poverty to bring them up to um, a an acceptable lifestyle and no other country no other country could ever imagine doing that and I am sure that those people are also now benefiting from your, your the village program that you're talking about so that um, uh, because I know they've been trying all kinds of ways to connect I know they've been beating up uh, <coughs> Alibaba I know they've been beating up jd.com they've been beating up uh, all the uh, all the uh, uh, the uh, uh, commercial platforms you know that sell stuff like Amazon but it's but it's uh, Taobao and uh, JD and Meituan I, in China. I know they've, the, the government has been putting a lot of pressure on these online <clears throat> vendors to work with the farmers to find ways to get their product from the farm directly to, to the consumer. And I think that must be what you, one of the things that you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And by yeah. the, speaking of which, They've extended that in interesting ways. I was talking to a Spaniard the other day. He sells restaurant Spanish restaurant foods in Thailand. He has the whole of country. And he said uh, he has a, a, a ham supplier. Oh, their ham is, is to die for. <laughs> yeah. To die for. And he, he said they've got a deal with it's either JD or one of the big ones. As as soon as it's 
loaded onto JD's pickup lorry. They shoot the code, they, they hit the thing um, in Spain. Uh, the, the driver just, you know, hits, zaps it, and the money appears in the farmer's account instantly. In Spain? Before, yeah, before it's even left his farm gate. Probably at, a higher, probably at a higher price than maybe a wholesale in Spain. I don't know. Oh, but even, oh, even, even, if sure. same, even if it's the same yeah. price, it's, yeah. <laughs> they're better off. <laughs> but, yeah. The speed of money, yeah, that's unbelievable. That is, that's yeah. unbelievable. And on the consumer end, that's another thing I want to talk about just for a minute. Uh, Thailand is in the RCEP, the Regional Comprehensive yeah. Economic Partnership, and it's a it's set up by ASEAN, um, and China is a member, um, and so is uh, Australia and New Zealand, I believe. It's the largest trading. <coughs> place in the world, thing in the world, huge market, and I'm a beneficiary of it. I've become addicted to uh, AliExpress, Alibaba, oh, okay. yeah, we use it everything, <laughs> every, everything I need, you know, electric screwdriver, <laughs> uh, retractable dog lead, no problem. And the thing is, they get here in like 72 hours um, for, you know, a third the price that I would have paid at home, and the, the freight is like a dollar twelve. That's it. Uh, yeah. That's the deal. Anything you want, anything you can imagine wanting. Electric knife sharpener. I've wanted one for years. I find, you know, it was here in three days. It cost 31 bucks and it works brilliantly. <laughs> you know what they're doing? And I, I don't think Thailand is probably has a big enough of a market, but Europe does. And so what Alibaba does, which is basically the Taobao for uh, which is basically the Taobao outside of China. Taobao is the Amazon of China. And so they have a, a, a separate platform called Ali, for those of you who don't know, called AliExpress. And um, everybody should sign up for it. It's just, and if you're in France, it's in French. If you're in Spain, it's in Spanish. If you're in Germany, it's in German. And so I, I have Taobao, I, I have AliExpress in France. And so I, I look up stuff. But a year or so ago, an individual package would arrive from China. And, the, and of course, the freight was more expensive. Now they have such a huge volume flooding into France that when I get the package now, it's from the French post office. So what they're doing is, is they are... They have collection centers. All the Alibaba vendors in, I should say, uh, Ali, I say Ali, AliExpress. All the AliExpress vendors in China, they must have uh, collect, collection centers. They're obviously filling up 40-foot containers with all of these individual orders. They're arriving <laughs> probably in Paris or Marseille. I don't know where. Or maybe La Havre, you know, by ship. I I don't know. It does take it, it. It does slow. Th it does take about a month for it to get here. But now the the freight is like nothing, and 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 it's got a tracking number, you know. And and now I know that that Alibaba even had there are they even have um, centers here in France. 
of the most popular items and you order them and you get them in three days from Alibaba, from AliExpress in China. It's Chinese stuff, but they're actually, they're actually obviously, you, you know, seeing what the market's demanding and they're pre, they're advanced shipping it to, to France and they've got, they've got centers here that immediately dispatch it. And a lot of the times the, the shipping is free or maybe one or two euros. So it's just uh, unreal. It's also very tempting. There's, uh, you can now buy a really beautiful, what we would have once called a professional uh, video camera, high def, 8K and everything, with the built-in mic and you know the kind of thing that you see journalists using, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which were $50,000 20 years ago, $5,000 10 years ago. They're 500 bucks now. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what else is on your list dear well, wizard there's a, there's a little race quiet race going on and I, I think your viewers might enjoy watching it uh, and you can update them but uh, there's a race to, to see who will successfully uh, who will get their emails system working on their aircraft carrier first the, both the Gerald Ford, the big new uh, American aircraft carrier, and the new, the recently launched uh, Chinese aircraft carrier, have electronic or electrically driven takeoff and landing instead of steam-driven catapults. And the Gerald Ford has not, after 20 years of development, has not been able to get its catapult to work reliably. So it, it has to, it can't, can never go very far from shore if the planes want to take off because they don't know if they'll be able to come back and land safely because the emails is not reliable. So here's the race. Who will have combat ready emails first? The Gerald Ford, which was you know the ninth generation aircraft carrier built for $12 billion and started 20 years ago or the new Chinese carrier started three years ago for one billion. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the second one that just that just came out. What was it a year or two ago? It's, it's the Liaoning. Yes, yeah, that's Liaoning. Right. Yeah, the Liaoning is already. So they've already got two aircraft carrier groups watching Taiwan and uh, and Japan. So, um, well, you know, it's really funny. I, I made a comment about this. In fact, when they launched the the Liaoning, I think it was a couple of years. In fact, I think I was in Thailand. Maybe it was Thailand. While we were in Thailand when I did a report on it. <clears throat> you know, I pointed out that that China is the first country s since World War II to build as many aircraft carriers and groups in such a short period of time as the United States during World War II, back when Franklin Delano Roosevelt's administration essentially nationalized America's industry, uh, they were building three, they were building three aircraft carrier groups a year during the Second World War. And they actually worked. Mm. They actually worked. And 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 you, you this catastrophe with the Gerald Ford. There's a, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Godfrey, but there's this, I think maybe I've seen it on Southfront, southfront.org, but occasionally they'll put up a map of where are the aircraft carrier groups of the United mm. States around planet Earth. They've got mm. the Nimitz, they've got the Nimitz in 
you know, supposedly, you know, uh, of course, it has to be on the other side of of Japan because otherwise the 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 Chinese uh, DF twenty one D aircraft carrier missile, kill, the the aircraft killer, aircraft carrier killer would 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 wipe it out in one minute, um, and so they've got that one. Did you know that the United States' Navy is in such pitiful shape? They cannot even keep an aircraft carrier group in the Persian Gulf. There's not there's not one there anymore. They're all on, they're all in Los Angeles, and they're all in Virginia getting repaired. <laughs> well, you know what you know why that is, Jeff. Why? This I I've read a lot of naval history of the fun kind, not the technical kind, but the interesting kind. And this happens in long spells of peace where you have a big navy and a lot of ambitious officers and nothing to distinguish them except competitions. So they run their crews and their boats ragged day in and day out with gunnery practice or whatever the <laughs> shit it is you know, that they're supposed to do because their KPIs are being automatically reported to Sasebo or to Pearl, you know. Um, they, so they've been flat out for years. And some of the reasons they've had these accidents is they're running their crews ragged. The kids are tired. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so they had to dial back the tempo. And the other thing, of course, is that, as we know, I th uh, the last time I looked, it costs about, to maintain a strip of freeway, costs something in the range of 10% of its original cost every year. It's just a piece of, you know, concrete. Very expensive because uh, for all kinds of reasons, drainage and blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, a, a warship, which is extremely uh, complex and mm. custom built, they're not mass produced, um, uh, are extremely, you know, need a great deal of maintenance. Yeah, just maintenance, enormous. yeah. Oh. And who, what's the first thing that every capital-intensive industry skimps on is yes, maintenance. Yes, maintenance, yeah. yeah, yeah what a shiny yeah. ship, you know. Everyone wants a shiny ship. You know, I want one. Um, so that's what's been happening. I think they've, let, they've degraded it with a, a lot of weak oversight, poor senior command, no, no doctrine, really. The corruption thing did a lot of harm. Well, yeah, yeah. You and I both reported on the incredible amount of corruption in, 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 the, in the Navy. I mean, you know, just like payola and kickbacks. And it's just like something out of like Guido, Guido in Sicily and the, and the Italian mafia. And in this, in this, these are like four and five star, you know, admirals uh, in, uh, in, um, in uh, in the U.S. Navy and just just corrupt to the core, just unbelievable. So uh, yeah, it's it's kind of sad. I although I do think they're they're an anomaly, but the 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 problem is that the system is corrupt. It's not mm -hmm. it's not just the they're reflecting the fact that the, the, the chiefs and the Defense Department are thoroughly corrupt. Yeah, with just, uh, everyone with, knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. with. Uh, McDonnell Douglas and Bowie yeah. and Ray Rayathon yeah. and and they're all going to get a big payoff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're all they're all getting they're all getting their <laughs> they're all getting their cut. So, yeah. um, anything else, my dear friend? Just one parting shot. 
to this image of a sometimes working emails system on the Gerald Ford, add its eight wings of F-35 jet planes that aren't too reliable either. Yeah, I know. So you could get, you know, maybe maybe the launch will work, but the, the F-35 engine <laughs> won't. <laughs> Isn't it? It's just unbelievable. And nobody, you know, if, 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 if a defense contractor in China put out the <laughs> F-35, they would, be, they would be in jail. Mm. They would be mm. in jail and out of money. They would be destitute and in jail. And if they endangered the lives of the pilots, they would get a, well, they would get a PLA bullet in the back of the head. Mm. You know, and, mm. and, and yet here in, in the United States, everybody's just nonchalant. The F-35 doesn't work. It's being all recalled because this doesn't work now and that doesn't work. And then there was a crash recently in Texas where it landed and, and, and it crashed on the ground. And it's just like, it's like Looney Tunes. It's like mm. the Keystone Cops. Mm. And it, but it all gets back to well, we need more money. We need more money. We just give us another ten billion, and we'll get it taken care of. Because it's just all. It's not about national defense. It's about making the defense, the the, the military industrial complex, Congress people, senators, politicians, very, 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 very rich. So that's uh, it. Exactly. Well, listen, Godfrey. This has been wonderful. Godfrey Roberts, here comes China, his website. I will put the link on. I get his I get his weekly um, newsletter. I love it. He is updating his <clears throat> he is updating his uh, book from 1920 uh, from 2020 1920. 2020. <laughs> You're not that old. 2020 yeah. to 2023. The title again, please. I've read it, but I, I can't think of the name right now. <clears throat> Why China Leads the World. Exactly. Talent, talent at the top, data in the middle, democracy from the bottom. There you go. And the, our, our mutual friend, and I forget, I had a brain burp. It's Richard Miller uh, is, is another one of our China Rider Group uh, 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 people, uh, members, uh, along with Eric Arno and you and, um, and Chiang Mai. And we miss you and we hope to come back and see you soon. Take care, Godfrey. Be healthy. You, Jeff. Be happy. Be safe. I will give you a Buddhist bow. And uh, to a, yes. <laughs> to, Good for you. To a, to, See to, you to, soon. A, to, to a guy in a Buddhist country. Talk to you soon. <laughs> okay, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.